Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hello, everybody. Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. This is where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. Now, if you're already retired or you're getting close and you've been sacrificing, you've been saving into those retirement accounts like your IRA or your 401k, hey, listen, this is the show for you because I'm here to talk about money. I'm going to teach you about all of the six core areas of financial planning, things like risk management, cash management, investment concepts, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. And I'm going to rotate these topics each and every month. And over time, you're going to learn how to build an amazing plan for retirement. One of the most important things you need to learn is how to create an income, an income stream that's safe predictable, and can increase every year no matter what that market does. And what better kind of income is there than tax-free income? That's right. I want to teach you how to achieve what I call tax freedom in retirement so you don't have to worry about when old Uncle Sam comes in, starts changing all the rules and coming for your retirement savings simply because he can't balance his own checkbook or afford all his promises. And most people would agree that taxes really only have one way to go up in the future. That's right, I set it up. So learning how to control future taxation is key. Now you see I'm the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, which is an independent registered investment advisory firm, and we specialize in retirement income strategies for people who are currently retired or are getting really close. And for over 22 years now, I've helped people just like you plan for an amazing retirement, and I've been talking about it on the radio for almost 12. And what I've found is this. Most people worry in retirement. They worry about their income, health care, inflation, the stock market, and yeah, higher taxes. So if you're feeling this way, I want you to hear this, okay? Listen to me. It's normal. You're not alone. But I do want to say this. You can control those fears or you can even eliminate them altogether. And the best way to do it is with a plan. So I'm going to help you build your plan and guide you through this giant maze we call retirement. But you need to remember that retirement planning isn't just a one-time thing. No, no. You need to be reviewing that plan minimum every single year, making changes to it, updating it, and sometimes scrapping it and starting all over again. That happens. But you're always wanting to review your long-term goals and make sure you're hitting them. All right, guys. So we are kicking off the month of April 2023, and the topic of the month is retirement planning. Yes, indeed. What are the steps you need to take to be prepared 
for the big day. And on the show today, I'm going to be walking through my pre-retirement checklist, and that's the top things you need to do before you give notice at work and say goodbye to all your fellow employees. And then what I'm going to do after that is head into our mailbag segment along with IRA FAQs. And then finally, I'm going to wrap up the show with some action items that you can be implementing right away. I hope that sounds all good. This is also a great month to be ordering a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101. What a great month, Retirement Planning Month. Here's the website, patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. After the show or during the breaks, visit that site and get you a free copy. While you're there, you can also schedule a 30-minute strategy call with me personally. I'll answer any of those planning questions that you have. All right, guys, let's get this show going. Time to go refill your coffee, grab your pen and notepad, and I'll be back in just a minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey, guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, a simple guide to navigating retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Retirement Lifestyles. I'm your host, Patrick McNally. Excuse me, we're going to get into this and talk about retirement planning. We're in the month of April, and this is our first weekend in the month of April, depending on when you're listening to it. And um, we're kind of rotating here. I want to give you kind of a preview of what this month is going to look like. We've got five weekends this month, and it's all based on retirement planning. That's our topic of the month. And so this first weekend today, I'm going to be talking about pre-retirement planning and, and basically the steps and the things you need to be doing before you hit that retirement day. And um, sometimes we can get, you know, so many people, I've been doing this a long time, and we get so excited about that day. You know, you maybe even have it written on your calendar, and um, it's almost like senioritis. You know, you kind of block out everything. You need some stuff that needs to be done because you're so excited about the day. But I wanted to give you kind of a checklist of items to do, and you can be doing this even if you're only a month away um, or you're five years away. You know, we love to do planning, you know, if you're kind of in that five years or less mark, and you can really, you know, a lot of times you, you can 
cut it off ahead of time and, and be totally ready to go. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes people kind of wait till the last minute, and, but you can still got time to do it. So I want to walk through this checklist. I call it my retirement ready checklist. That's what I'll be doing today. Next week, I'm going to be going into what I call retirement mindsets. And then I'll also be um, heading over into how to roll over your 401k the week after that. We get a lot of questions about that. You know, with now that I'm looking at retiring, what do I do with my savings? I've been putting money into this thing for 35 years. And, you know, I don't want to lose half of it to the IRS if I, you know, check the wrong box. How do I do this right? So I'm going to spend some time going over that. And then weekend of the 22nd, I'm going to go into what to do when Social Security cuts your check by 20% in about 11 years. And, you know, I've done shows on this before talking about Social Security and, and the projected cuts to benefits in around the year 2033, 2034. They kind of bounce back and forth on that uh, simply because they can't, you know, pay all of their unfunded promises. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take a, a, you know, a show and really go into that and teach you some things you can be doing now to to offset that should it happen in the future. I'm optimistic. Hopefully, they're going to fix it, figure it out. But if they don't, you need to have a plan in place uh, just in case. And then I'm going to wrap up the month with post-retirement planning. So you kind of see the bookends there. Today, I'm starting with pre-retirement. Going to wrap up the sh- the, uh, the end of the month with post-retirement. Those things you can be doing to continually monitor your plan once you are in retirement so that uh, it's a nice, smooth sailing. You've got the peace of mind that you're looking for, and you can really enjoy the things that you want to be doing in retirement. So let's start going down this, uh, this pre-retirement checklist. First and foremost, the number one thing you need to be doing is building a retirement income plan. Now, you've heard me harp all the time back and forth about the most important thing that you got to plan for in retirement is your income. The reason I always say that is really simple, and, and it's it's kind of a, well, duh, Patrick. You know, we knew that, kind of a, a statement, but I always tell people, you know, where's your paycheck going to come from now that you're no longer getting one? And I've seen kind of emotions mix on, on both sides of the coin. Sometimes people think about that. They're like, yeah, no, we've already figured that out and we're fine with it. We know we're not getting a paycheck. And then some people go, you know what? I never really thought of that. Yeah, I've been getting a paycheck for 45 years. What the heck? Now i got to make my own paycheck. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly right. We need to build an income plan so that you know exactly where that income is going to be coming from. The easiest way to do that. You know, you don't have to get too crazy and build all kinds of Excel spreadsheets and that kind of a thing. Um, We've got budget things we can send you, but honestly, grab a yellow pad, draw a line down the middle, and on the first column on the left side, write out expected income sources. This can be really easy. You know, you don't have to make this that complicated. Where do you expect income streams to come from now that you're in retirement? Most people would expect it from Social Security, um, maybe you've got a maybe you've got a pension, um, you know. Maybe you've got some rental properties. Maybe you've got a little side hustle or something you're doing. You know where where are those income streams coming from to to help you get to your income? And you want to add those up so that you know on a month to month basis what your expected income is going to be. And when I say expected income, I'm not talking about 
you know, money that you're going to have to use to maybe fill in some gaps. That's going to come out of your savings, and we'll get to that in a second. You know, that's going to come out of the retirement accounts. What I mean is money that's going to come in no matter what, almost like guaranteed money. That's your Social Security. You know, again, if you've got rental properties or something like that, you can pretty much expect that money to come in. And if you got a pension, that's a guaranteed paycheck. So this is the money that I call the needs. You got to separate out your bills between needs and wants. The needs are the have-tos. This is if you still got a mortgage or you still got car payments, those are have-to bills. They're coming every single month, no matter what. You can't stop them, you know. And then you got wants, and this is the fun stuff, which honestly, the stuff I love to talk about. That's the fun stuff in retirement: the trips, the extra stuff. If you're a golfer, you know, if you love to garden. You know, you want to go see the grandkids, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Everybody's obviously different there. That's the fun stuff. That's also called, here's my big financial advisor word for the for the day, discretionary income. Simply means that's income, that's money that you can decide whether or not you're going to spend. So discretionary spending is what that is. And those are things that you can control. And so you have to separate those two types of of expenses. What are the have-tos and what are the wants? And so that's why it's really important to list that out. On the right side of that paper, then then you really list out your bills. You know, and this is going to help just kind of clarify how much you actually spend in a given month. And I often joke, you know, I hate to call it a budget form because nobody likes doing a budget form. We call it a spending plan because we all love to spend money. So why not have a little fun with it and just kind of trick your brain? Call it a spending plan and simply list out how much your spending is each and every month. And it's always a good exercise to do. Um, like I said, if you want a copy of our budget sheet, it's literally plug and play. Uh, it's 95% of the way done for you. Just fill in the blank. Just email me. Email patrick at rlaplan.com. And in the subject, just put budget plan. I'll send it to you for free. And it'll help you along the way. But what you can easily do is log into your bank account online and just go through the last couple of months. You'll kind of see you know, the, the stuff that comes in all the time. But leave out the trips. Leave out you know, um, you know, a lot of the restaurants, stuff like that, the eating out, the, the movies, whatever that is. Leave that stuff out. I want you to really just do the have-to bills. And that's going to give you that baseline amount of money that you know you're going to be spending each and every month. And maybe that number's $5,000, whatever. I'm going to use it for easy math. Let's say your expenses are five grand a month no matter what. So you got to have that money coming in no matter what. And this is where a lot of times people have an income gap in retirement. And so let's say you add up your Social Securities. Maybe you got a couple of those if you're married. You know, maybe you've got a pension benefit, whatever, and let's say that comes out to about $3,000 a month. Well, you need five, but you're, you have three coming in. So your gap is $2,000. So this is where we have to start now bringing in what does your savings look like? Do you have a 401k? Is it an IRA? Do you have a Roth? Do you have outside investments and brokerage accounts? Do you have CDs? You know, stuff like that, annuity contracts. List out now, underneath those two lines, draw a line under those and list out the investments. What assets do you have? And list the current amounts. And this is where you're going to be able to start to calculate how much can you safely withdraw from your investments. You know you need to at least be pulling out $2,000 a month. Well, that's $24,000 a year. 
So what you're going to do is you're going to divide that number, 24,000, divided by your assets. That's going to come up with a percentage. And what percentage is that? Is it 2%? Is it 6%? Is it 12%? You know, that's going to give you an idea of, number one, what you have to withdraw each and every month. And that's called your withdrawal rate. So that gives you the idea of how much you have to withdraw. It's also going to tell you what you need to be earning on your money each and every year just to simply break even. Now, if you... If you're looking at this, you know, checklist thing, you're doing the numbers and and all of a sudden you look at your your income gap number and it's like 15%. Well, you need to probably take a step back and say, "Wow. You know, is that sustainable?" You know, my answer to that would probably be no. I would not feel comfortable ever taking 15% a year out of your investments to cover your expenses expecting to be able to make that up with the stock market. I just don't think that's that's that to me that's a recipe for disaster. That's just way too high of a number. So how do you fix that? Well, the only way really to fix that is to take a good hard look at your expenses and say, "Dang, what what are we spending our money on? Why do we have this much um in in overhead, if you will?" And so that's a way that you can start kind of trimming the fat, if you will. If you if you you look at those numbers and go, "You know what? We we can cut this out. We can cut that out." Or Again, I'm, I'm taking this from the perspective that you're not retired yet. Remember, you need to, to remember that. That's what this, this, this piece is about. You need to really take a hard look at, okay, I've got whatever, two, three years till I retire. Are there some things that maybe I can pay off before I get there? I mean, you can really focus on two to three, I mean, you know, two to three things that are the biggest expenses and what are those usually the biggest expense is a home mortgage and a lot of people they make it a goal to be able to have their home paid off by the time they retire that is a very worthy goal um it it can happen for some people sometimes it can't if it can't that just has to be factored in that's going to be a known number that you have to pay for each and every month but if you can pay that off we'll factor that into your planning and I hate to say it, but maybe you have to work one extra year to do that, or maybe two, maybe five. I don't know. That's why you do planning um, far enough ahead in advance so that you're not scrambling. Guys, I've been doing this for 22 years, and unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people who come into my office, and they're panicked. They're scrambling to, to maybe get some stuff done. And Unfortunately, I don't like to have these conversations, but sometimes you got to have that tough conversation of, guys, I don't think it's time to retire yet. Now, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's always your decision. It's your money. As an advisor, my job is to give you the pros and cons of your decisions and make sure you know all the decisions that, that you have, the choices, if you will, so that you're armed with enough information to make a decision that is appropriate for you. And so that's what my job is as an advisor is to help you find that that number. But sometimes I got to deliver the, the news that people don't want to hear. And that is simply that maybe you're going to be working a year or two extra that you don't want to. And sometimes, and this is always a fun, a fun conversation to have, it's like, you know what? If you wanted to, you could probably retire right now, um, you know, doing the math and looking at things. So it's everywhere in between and everybody's different. I guess at the end of the day, that's also what I want to kind of make clear 
is that when you do your planning, it's your planning. It's not your neighbors. It's not your coworkers. It's not your brother-in-laws. It's your planning. And everybody's in a different space um, wherever they are within their planning. There's so many times you can go online, you can go on Facebook and, you know, whatever article you read, and it's it's almost like everybody tries to put themselves into a box by saying, how much do I need to retire? Oh, it's a million dollars. You got to be careful with that because you really are just kind of limiting yourself and putting yourself into a box by doing something like that. And you may not need a million dollars. Maybe you need $250,000 or maybe you need $2 million. Depends on your lifestyle and what it is that you're trying to accomplish to get there. And again, that's why you do exercises like this. You, you create a checklist. You create you know these things that you go through to build out that income plan. So to me, that's the, the number one thing that you have to look at, you know, reviewing what those monthly budget expenses are going to be. If you never, if you haven't done a social security analysis yet, um, you need to do that. You, you need to know what your expected social security is going to be. And I would just, I would go on to ssa.gov. You can very easily jump on there. You scroll down toward the bottom of the page. They kind of change up the website from, from you know every once in a while. But you basically scroll down and you look for the area that says you know download your Social Security statement. And if you've never been on there before, you got to create a username and a password and log in and all that good stuff. Take probably take you about 20, 30 minutes to do it. But once you're in, you're in, and you have access to your most updated Social Security statements and your numbers, so you can download that statement, and that's going to tell you the three main ages that people often retire and the amounts of money that you can expect from your social security benefits. Now you're going to be looking at age 62. Um, Today really about age 67 is full retirement age for most people and age 70. And so those are three key amounts of money based on your earnings that you can give you a really good expectation of what your social security check is going to be. So if you haven't done that, definitely do that now, you know, especially if you are early on, you're, you know, you haven't retired yet, you want to be able to come up with those numbers. Again, going back to the old yellow pad, you want to write down, okay, if I retire at 62, I can expect 1250 bucks a month. If I retire at 67, I can expect $1800 a month. If I retire at 70, you know, I can expect whatever, $2,800 a month. You want to know, and then you want to, you know, that's where you can do some planning. You can go, okay, well, do I really want to, you know, or can I retire at 62? What am I giving up? How much money am I giving up? What am I getting in return for giving up that paycheck? And that can be just as important as the paycheck itself, guys. What what are you giving up? Do you have a high-stress job? Are you not going to have to do that anymore? You know, you, you start to think through this planning, and there's all kinds of different questions that start to arise once you get into it. And that's why I find so fun and fascinating um, with my job of doing this is we, once we start digging into these numbers, other questions start to, to emerge. And you start really thinking like, wow, okay, if I, I never really kind of thought about that. If I, if I do retire at 62, but I wanted to maybe do some part-time work, well, Gosh, I'm I'm kind of limited in how much money I can earn because Social Security is going to penalize me for that. Okay, and what am I going to do for health insurance? You know, so I might as well since I since I said that, I might as well go on to the next the next box here. You know, reviewing what your health insurance 
uh, is going to look like? What are those benefits? Do you get to keep anything from your job? Are you going to go on to Medicare? Are you going to be turning 65? Well, if you're retiring at 62, you've got a three-year window there where you're going to have to pay out of pocket for health insurance. And let me tell you what, guys, that can be some of the most expensive time periods that you have when it comes to health insurance until you get on to Medicare. You know, you got to foot that bill yourself. So you're going to want to talk to HR. You're going to want to really have that question answered. Where are my health insurance benefits going to come from? If you're, if you're married, does your spouse, are they still working? Can you piggyback onto their health benefits? So these are all questions you need to be asking yourself. You know, and if you are going to go on to Medicare, what kind of supplemental insurance do you need? So you kind of see these things. There's, there's a, I call them puzzle pieces of retirement. And you really got to just build this out. And because I'm telling you, once you start getting into this, it can be like a maze sometimes. And, and that's what we do as advisors. We're, we're a guide through this maze to maybe help you answer questions that you didn't even know that you had. You know what I'm saying? And so kind of going back through this checklist, this, this really is a guide to help give you the peace of mind that you ultimately want to have in retirement because you don't want to be completely retired and then be going, man, I just don't, I don't know if I, if I have enough. I don't know if I have, you know, you want to have that plan in place so that you can enjoy it. That's what retirement's all about. And so to me, that's why it's super, super important to do some pre-planning before you get there because once you you have these numbers now that's not to say that this plan doesn't change listen you got to be you got to be reviewing this thing every single year you got to look at the numbers you got to look at the returns that you got if you still got money in the market you got to look at all that you know you need to do an annual review and look at your numbers redo your spending plan each and every year making sure that that's disciplined and I'm telling you you do that each and every year at the beginning of the year you can really set up your year to be, I don't want to call it stress-free, but you know, for, you know, you can still have that, you can have the peace of mind knowing that you're going to be able to accomplish what you want with the expectation that you're going to be just fine. So guys, that's kind of the pre-retirement checklist. Um, if you got questions about that, I, I would encourage you, um, visit the website, go to patrickmcnally.com. Uh, we've got all kinds of resources on there. Um, I'm going to be putting, you know, for the month of April, I'm going to be putting some different checklists and reports up that are free to you. You can download those as a listener of the show. You can always get a copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, which goes into this, you know, having a pre-retirement checklist to go through. But if you got questions, the best thing to do is schedule a call with me. Go to patrickmcnally.com, click on the, the big button that says schedule a call, and I would be glad to talk to you about that. Now, when I return, going to be heading right into our mailbag segment as well as IRA F FAQs. So don't go anywhere. I'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at chirofirst.net. 
Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit TalkToPatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, TalkToPatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. TalkToPatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. guys welcome back to the show thanks for listening i am going to be heading next into our mailbag segment this is kind of a fun segment i like to do and i've gotten i've gotten a number of comments gotten questions you know i kind of compile these things a lot of them come from facebook groups that i'm a part of and if you're on facebook um you definitely want to check some of these groups out they're they're fun to be a part of and some of the comments are hilarious but what often i find is that especially for retiree groups, which is what I'm talking about, is that a lot of the questions end up being the same stuff. And, you know, I've been doing this for 22 years, and you can really kind of boil down that most people worry about the same stuff. And it's usually about income, healthcare, taxes, inflation, you know, all those things. And oftentimes the questions are just kind of posed in different ways. (laughs) But these groups are really, really uh, a fun place to kind of hang out. I will say this as though as a, a cautionary thing, a lot of times people, they sometimes will try to get advice from these groups and not saying that there's not good advice. Sometimes it comes from this, but you got to remember who you're getting advice from. And that kind of sparks my memory. I think I did a show on this maybe last month or the month before about who are you getting your advice from? And so... Just kind of keep that as a like a check in the back of your mind when you're maybe on some of these groups and and taking part and 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 just remembering you can get some good ideas and stuff, but you definitely want to speak to a professional, especially when it comes to like investing. Um, you know, you want to talk to a pro. Now, some people do it differently, and a lot of times on there, people will say you don't need a financial advisor, you don't need this, and that's true. You may not, um, but you might, and so just remember that that there's more to the story. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling now. I want to get into uh, today's mailbag segment um, with a question actually about a home warranty. And she says, does it make sense at this stage in life to get a home warranty? 
I have no experience with them and am thinking it might be a good idea. Would appreciate your comments and insight. Thank you. So I'm going to give a little spielio, but then I, 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 I copied a couple of comments, too, that um, out of the probably 50 or 60 that were on there. I'm going to say this. I love my home warranty, to be honest with you, and I have used it. Because a lot of people will say that sometimes, right? They'll be like, no, you got to have that insurance. It's like, oh, well, have you ever used it? Well, no. You know, so they don't really have any experience with it. But I will say this, that I've heard both good and bad stories. Um, and I know my dad wouldn't mind me sharing about his bad story. So I've got the good story. My dad has the bad story. And I think it basically boils down to the company that you choose to go with for your home warranty. Now, I've had the same company. I'm not going to mention any names over the air. Um, if you know you want to email me and you're kind of curious what home warranty I go with, feel free. I would be glad to do that one-on-one. Um, so send an email to Patrick at rlaplan.com. Subject line, what's your home warranty? I have no problem answering you. But the one that I've chosen, I've had um, forever. And honestly, for the, I'm probably spending $750-$800 a year for the coverage. It literally covers my appliances, my heating and air, um, pool equipment that's not below the ground, jacuzzi equipment, you know, and I'm not even looking at my policy. It's like three pages of all this kind of stuff that, that it covers. Let me tell you this. I've already used it to replace my air conditioner that went out the first summer I had my house. And in Northern California, during the summer, it can reach 110 degrees. So the air conditioning unit that I had was the original unit to the house. My house was built in 95. It was the original unit. It was bigger than a car. This huge thing that, and and I don't even think, if I remember right, the company wasn't even around anymore. So here's what happened. You have a, a, a service fee that you pay for the for a professional to come out. So in this case I had an HVAC person come out 75 bucks for the service fee. He comes out, looks at the unit, checks everything, long story short he's like, mm, "This thing is done. Um it's old, it's it's, you know, it it has passed away. It's time to replace." So, he goes and makes a claim to my insurance company and lo and behold, the, the the air conditioning unit that I had replaced was about a $17,000 air conditioner. <laughs> seventeen grand for an AC unit. And I paid 75 bucks for the service fee. And obviously that year's premiums, which were about 800 bucks. So you do the math and tell me if it was worth it. I was well ahead of the game. They completely, now the only thing is I had to wait like a month and a half because... My air conditioner sat on some boat floating out in the water somewhere. You know, remember when all the the chain of the supply chain stuff that we're still dealing with? Yeah, it's been a few years, but but that's what happened. So I had to, you know, deal with the heat for a little while. But they did replace it, put it in, so I was happy about that. But to me, it was well worth it. Now, I've used it on my refrigerator. I've used it on my stove. I have one of those island, like built-in island, um, you know, cooktop burners and so it's got its own kind of specialty 
vent fan that literally like is automatic it comes up the back and you know it comes up and and well the thing wasn't working so whenever we'd cook anything that had any kind of like smoke to it all of our alarms would go off in the house so and i think that thing was a thousand bucks so each year i'm like yes sir i will renew that thing so to me completely worth it to me it's cheap insurance whatever 60 bucks a month to have that kind of peace of mind to know that if like a $1,500 something or other goes out, you got it covered. To me, it's a no-brainer. Now, let's see what some of these comments said. One comment here says, my experience, they will try and wait and outweigh you. They make you use their technician, but their technician can never seem to get to you for a couple of weeks. We had air conditioner out in 100-degree weather in Louisiana, and they wanted us to wait two weeks for a service call. Got my own tech and had it fixed in a day for less than the deductible. I'm sure that is exactly what they hoped I would do. That might be the case. Absolutely. Um, you might, you do have to use kind of the technicians that they, you know, contract with. Um, again, it kind of comes down, I get, maybe I'm lucky. Um, that happened to my dad as well. He had some stuff down at his house down in Southern California and it was a kind of a nightmare. Took took a week and a half to even have a service person show up for my AC. I think I had the person out in two days. Um, but yeah, my my dad. It was kind of that same kind of scenario. It was like a week and a half, two weeks before the service tech came out. And I think it was for like his microwave, something something like that. And uh, and then he, yeah, two two months later, he's going back and forth with getting a claim and stuff. So he ended up dropping that company. And let me tell you this: it's because he chose not to go with my company. And I razz him about that all the time, by the way. Let's go to another comment here. This, uh, let's see. This topic has come up before with the same negative conclusion. Ditto for companies that claim to pay for your expensive car repairs. <laughs> so I kind of put the negative comments. Um, but I'm telling you, and that's because my story, I guess, is the positive. And again, maybe I've had good luck. Uh, but all day long, I would... Uh, would have that home warranty, and I would not replace it. I remember even asking my real estate agent, I said, now, do you do you keep this home warranty? Because, you know, when you buy the house, you kind of get it for the first year, and then you have to kind of decide if you want to renew it at a higher price. And so I asked my agent, I'm like, hey, do you, you, know, do you keep yours? He's like, absolutely. I keep it, and honestly, I've probably used it every year for 10 years that he's owned it. And so, so I went, okay, well, you know, I guess I'll keep it. And guess what happened that very next summer? That's when my air went out. So to me, it's it's worth looking into. I know there's all kinds of choices out there. What you can be doing is you can, you know, look at the Yelps and look at the different uh, reviews of those companies and and get a good idea for if, uh, if that's something that you want to do. All right, I have another one. Uh, again, this is from uh, from a Facebook group. And it's about travel. And I thought this was really interesting, stood out to me. And it goes like this. Do you like to travel first class? Been wondering how wealthy do you have to be to travel first class? My friend wants to sell everything to be liquid and just spend it all. (laughs) That is a plan. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Just sell all your stuff and kind of live the nomadic life and travel. Um, I've, I've heard of and read, you know, about people who have done that. Um, but do you think it's interesting, you know, do you like to travel first class? I don't know who wouldn't like to travel first class. That would be my first response to this. Um, if you've ever been on an airplane with literally the first class 
you know, we're not talking Southwest. We're not talking, you know, Spirit Air or whatever, or JetBlue. We're talking like United on like an international flight. If you've ever seen the first class, it, I mean, it's, it's like a hotel room. I mean, some of these places are ridiculous. You have your own pod that you can live in and like a lay down bed. And yeah, I mean, do you like it? Who wouldn't like to travel that way? The question is, do you want to pay for it? And I think that was one of the comments on here. Let me see if it was, um, no, I didn't put that one on there. I do know that there was one comment talking about looking at the difference between, uh, economy plus, excuse me, economy plus, uh, business class and then first class. So there, you know, there's these levels that you have up from economy. First class is, is, is the best that you can get, obviously. But then you got economy plus and you got business class. So the difference though in cost was like, if you wanted to go business class was like $2,000 a ticket. And then first class, it jumped to like 18 grand. And if I remember right, that was on a trip to uh, Australia where this person's like, we looked into it and decided to go business class for $2,000 versus $18,000 for first class. So I guess that would be my answer. I've been wondering how wealthy do you have to be to travel first class? Uh, pretty wealthy, I think. Um, but there are a couple cool comments on here. Um, one says, I've heard people say, fly first class or your kids will. <laughs> So obviously, uh, this person's like, mm, I'm not planning on spending or uh, leaving a whole bunch of money behind for my kids, so I'm going to have fun with it, which I actually kind of agree with. You know, I do believe in legacy. I do believe in, you know, leaving inheritance to your children's children, kind of a, kind of a thing with planning. But um, I don't believe that you have to give up the things that you want to do in retirement. Let's face it, you spent the 35 to 40 years sacrificing putting the money away. You need to have fun with it. Okay, so anyway, off that soapbox, here's another comment. We travel way too much to go first class, and I'd rather put more money into adventures when we get there, going on tours, meals, entrances to events, etc. I think that's a great way to look at it. I mean, yeah, if you're saving the money from first class to whatever, maybe economy plus, my wife and I flew um, economy plus, um, from San Francisco to England, and I'll tell you what we we upgraded. I was a little hesitant at first. I'm like, you want you want to upgrade for how much? For like six extra inches of of seat room and like a fold down thing for your legs and a little more recline. Is it worth it? And my answer was yes. It actually spoiled us. We're like, oh my gosh, why didn't we ever do this before? You wouldn't think that just with an extra like six inches of room would make that much difference on a flight. It did. Um, but anyway, yeah, I agree hundred percent with that, you know, save a little extra money. And, and once you get to your destination, you got some extra spending cash to do some extra fun things, some outings. Pretty cool. All right. So another one, this was interesting. You don't have to be wealthy to do this. It's all about having a frequent flyer account, having a credit card that gets you miles and using all those bennies to upgrade. Like someone previously said, don't bother to upgrade for flights under, I'd say, five hours, I've had all my biz class slash first class flights, Europe, Asia, etc., for either free or minimal money to upgrade. Wow. Like a friend of mine says, I do what I do now because I'm old and I can afford it. Happy travels. I think that's a great idea. Um, again, this is something I can relate to. My wife and I, um, 
the we do have credit cards. We keep them in check and pay them off every month. But the credit cards that we have are airline cards. I've got one for Southwest. She has one for United. And you know, I do a lot of flying and and things for business. And so I don't really care about you know. I fly Southwest, and as you know, flying Southwest, it's not exactly like flying first class. You get what you get, um, but it's fine for what I do for business. But with with our personal card and things that we spend on, we're going to get those United points. So maybe one of these days when we uh, can travel, maybe we can do an upgrade because you can you can do a lot of that stuff. So if you've got a credit card that maybe doesn't do that stuff, maybe consider... Um, you know, getting a different card. If you like to travel and you want to get some airline points and some other perks, car rentals, things like that, I think it's a great way to do it. I think there's some cool stuff you can do with the credit cards. You got to be disciplined, though. You want to continually pay those things off. So don't be getting credit cards if you can't control your spending. Don't be financing hamburgers at In N Out and then not paying off the bill. You know what I'm saying? You want to definitely be able to control those expenses and make sure you pay them off every month so you're not getting dinged with like 25% interest rates or something obscene that Visa does. But if you can be disciplined and you can get some of those rewards, I would highly consider doing that. So guys, that's kind of what I want to talk That's my fun little uh, mailbag segment. I want to segue a little bit in the time that I have left here in this, uh, in this segment. I want to segue into my IRA frequently asked questions, IRA FAQs. And this one's titled Five Facts You Need to Know About FDIC Insurance and Your IRA. Now, obviously, lately we've been seeing some stuff going on with the banks. Um, FDIC has been in the news with these bank failures that have been making headlines. And the FDIC, that's an independent agency created by Congress, which provides deposit insurance coverage for stuff like banks, institutions like that. In the event that that bank fails or doesn't have enough assets to pay off the depositors for, for the money that they have. And the, the FDIC insures you up to $250,000. And so a lot of people may be wondering out there if your IRA is protected by FDIC. So here's five quick facts you need to know. Number one, not all IRAs are protected by FDIC insurance. The FDIC only protects deposit accounts at FDIC insured institutions. If your IRA is invested in deposits like a checking account, a savings account, a CD, it would be protected. However, if your IRA is invested in stocks, mutual funds, bonds, you know, let's say a brokerage house or annuity contracts at an insurance company, it is not protected by FDIC insurance. Now, before you freak out, you need to remember that those institutions that house stocks, bonds, mutual funds, stuff like that, they have their own type of insurance, and that's SIPC. And annuity products as well, that's an insurance product. They have their own insurance as well, and it's usually a state-held insurance guarantee fund. So you are protected. It's just I want to make sure the wording here is clear. It's not by FDIC. Hope that made sense. Number two, IRA deposits are insured separately at each institution. If you've got multiple IRAs at different banks, each of those is insured separately up to 250000 because it's at different banks. Number three, your IRAs are insured separately from other deposits. If you have both IRA assets and other assets at the same bank, your IRAs are insured separately from those that you might have. Like if you've got two hundred grand in an IRA or and then two hundred grand in non-IRA CDs at the same bank, those are separately protected. Number four, inherited IRA assets are also insured separately even if held at the same bank. For example, if you inherit an IRA worth 250 grand 
from your mom, which is invested in a CD, but you also have $50,000 in IRA deposits in a different CD at the same bank, both your inherited funds and then your own IRA funds are fully protected by FDIC. Now, this one's kind of a kicker. Number five, traditional and Roth IRAs that belong to you, those deposits are not insured separately. So let me give you an example here. So we got the $250,000 limit for IRAs. Any traditional and Roth IRA deposits at the same institution are aggregated. If you have 150 grand in a Roth and say 200 in a traditional at the same bank, those are your accounts, only 250 out of the 350 in deposits is going to be protected by FDIC. So hopefully that helps. If you got questions about that, more than willing to have a phone call with you, go to patrickmcnally.com, schedule a call. You can write in the notes specifically what, you know, what the question is you want to talk about, and we'd be glad to clarify any of that um, information there. Also wanted to mention, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I did this at the beginning of this segment. If you're catching the show live, awesome. Saturday morning show, been doing this for 12 years. If you if you wanted to catch some of the older shows, it's podcasted, and you can catch that on iTunes. You can go to Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify. Just look for Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, and you're going to find over 100 shows that, um, that are on podcast. And that, quite honestly, is the best way you can catch up on some of the other shows if you missed any of it. Um, so again... Visit patrickmcnally.com to reach out to me. And if you want any of the good free information on there, you can download it as well. When I come back, be heading into my uh, action item segment where I'm going to give you uh, some things you can be doing to implement right away and, uh, and then be wrapping up the show. So stick with me for another couple of minutes. I'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, we made it. We are at the end of the show. We're in our wrap-up segment. This is the action items segment where I'm going to give you kind of a summary and wrap-up of the show, but kind of really hone in on um, three big points, um, some takeaways that I can be giving you. Um, Before I forget, though, if you missed any of the show, it is podcasted. You can visit the website, patrickmcnally.com. Up in the right-hand corner, click on the podcast, and um, it is usually uploaded right after the live show airs Saturday morning around 10 o'clock or so uh, Pacific time. So you can find it there if you missed any of it. You can jump around and, and listen to it over and over again at at will. So you can also download a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101. And I'm going to be putting up a bunch of uh, reports and checklists for the month of April uh, that that go with each of the shows that I mentioned before in the opening um, of this show. Kind of give you a little preview of what to expect 
for the upcoming shows. And so, um, number one in action items, if um, ask yourself here, are you five years or less to retiring? And that's what this show kind of focused on was pre-retirement planning. Building yourself a checklist of the things that you need to do before the big day. That's what it's all about, being prepared. You know, you. I love the excitement. I love, you know, the dreams. I love all of that. But at the end of the day, you want to be definitely planning for the income in retirement and doing some things like controlling the expenses to make sure that you have the peace of mind in retirement that you want to have. And I focused a lot on um, in that segment on how to build out an income plan, listing out the income sources coming in versus your uh, your bills and you know the outflow that you're going to be having, finding any gaps in your income, and then making sure that you are comfortable being able to make that up with the savings that you have. So creating yourself a checklist. Now, if you don't have a checklist, you can always reach out to me and I'll be glad to send you one. Uh, my pre-retirement checklist that I went over basically during the show, you can email me, patrick at rlaplan.com, or visit the website, reach out to me that way. Be glad to get that to you. Number two, we talked about in our mailbag segment a couple of interesting things. Number one is a home warranty. And considering whether or not you need a home warranty uh, for yourselves, um, in my opinion, I, and I said in that segment, I, I would not go without mine. Now, this is different from your homeowner's insurance. This is, this is uh, you know, a warranty program that covers like appliances and your air conditioning, etc. And I think it's well worth the money. I think you can find one out there that's very affordable. Um, I mentioned I pay about 800 bucks a year for mine. And I've, I mean, in the first two and a half years I had my house, I uh, have more than paid for that thing for the next 20 years. <laughs> so definitely worth considering and um, looking at the different uh, reviews on, on the companies that are available to you. I did not mention the company I use, but again, I'm happy to if you want to email me, uh, feel free and I'll tell you what company that I've had just, uh, you know, uh, I've had no problems with whatsoever. So we'd be glad to mention that with you. Another thing I talked about is credit cards um, with travel points, like airline points. And um, a pretty cool, couple cool comments and about, you know, should you get a credit card that, that, that has these points? And I think that the answer could be yes, depending on how disciplined that you are. So maybe consider looking at that. You know, if you can find a Visa card, maybe for Southwest Airlines or United or whatever airline you fly the most, that you can be getting some perks. You can definitely be... Uh, be using some of those points for travel and, and having fun. And then um, part number three was kind of double-checking where your IRAs are held. Are they in a bank or brokerage? So we were kind of dealing with are they covered by FDIC or SIPC and understanding the differences between both of those. So take a look at where your IRAs are and, and whether or not you know, that each of your accounts are actually held separately and covered separately because there's some nuances in there. And you don't want to be, uh, you know, be left guessing. My preview for the show next week is this. We're going to be talking about retirement mindsets and being prepared mentally for that big day. A lot of times it can be a shock. It's exciting. You're going to experience a whole bunch of emotions and definitely making sure that you are ready for that day. And um, so that's going to be a really good show that you won't want to miss next week. So with that, I'm going to say thank you for listening, and I wish you the best in retirement. Have you seen us?
soul. 